welcome back to part two of is a hot dog a sandwich desert island disc episode i hope you're having a fantastic week let's get it um but no we're going from we are going from our three favorite discs which i think we've covered some good ground here we've covered some good genres we've covered some moods uh to our book what is this what is the one book the one book we're bringing i'm obviously we're bringing the works of an author as well but what is a single book that we're isolating to keep us in a good space when we're when we're going so this book is also one of the greatest movie trilogies of all time epics in their own right and they can all stand alone as fantastic films apart from maybe the first one depending on how you're feeling Jed, screw it up. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. That's it, depending on how you're feeling. <laughs> the, second, the second and third are definitely the first ones. Listen to The listeners might disagree with me. Um, if you haven't figured it out, it is uh, Lord of the Rings. Pew, 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 pew. Uh, this is my favourite trilogy of books. Mm. Um, and I'm not including kind of Harry Potter any longer series than this. Mm-hmm. Um, it touches on a number of really important things that I think will keep me kind of grounded oh, yeah. um, whilst I'm on this desert island. There's, there's the idea of fate and mm-hmm. free will, mm-hmm. um, power, good and evil. What am I doing on this island? How did I get here? How, uh, where will I go next? Mm-hmm. Um, how do I sustain myself in this place? Mm-hmm. Um, death and immortality, uh, none of us can live forever. Um, Unless you've got pointy ears. Yeah, and a magical <laughs> ring. <laughs> <laughs> you turn into a, 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 an, angry, an angry short person. <laughs> um, it is a fantastic book that uh, reminds me of adventure and reminds me of stepping out into new experiences. I remember as a, as a child, I used to run through the forest of my cousin, um, my cousins, pretending to be Gimli, Legolas and Gandalf <laughs> with these big sticks thinking I could control the world and control this magic. And you bet your, that I am going to be running around this desert island that is inhabited by me, playing all of those characters, playing Gollum and Frodo and Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> By the end, you might think I have schizophrenia, but I'm just having a great time over there. Jolly time. <laughs> and fun fact, I don't know if, if you knew this, but I literally found this out the other day, so I'd just like to share this with the people. Uh, Gandalf um, actually comes from a mystical realm beyond Middle-earth. I didn't know this. I did not know this. Um, and actually is just a, kind of like a spirit. It's like this, this unphysical form, but takes the form of... A, a wily old uh, wizard because that is the form that is most appeasing to the people who uh, Gandalf is trying to help. And I did not notice. That's interesting. Yeah, I did not know. Um, yeah. They also use a language there, so I could potentially learn another language while someone there. No one will understand me when I get back, but at least I've learned something. Facts. And then you start talking, they're like, what? What? What is going on? Did you meet some people over there? What's going on? Do we need to, do we need to, do you need to see a doctor? Um, when really you're just, you're just more educated than them in, in, in the, the ways of Middle Earth. Uh, that's a great shout, and it's funny. We've both gone to, we've both gone fiction. We've both gone to uh, a magical place. Uh, my, I would say my space isn't as magical, but is still, I think, as complex. Okay, and the book, like I've, the book I've chosen is a hundred years of solitude, Ooh. which is the book. If you want to talk about magical realism, it is the book. Gabriel Garcia Marquez is a fantastic author. And one of the reasons why I chose this book is because it took me years to read. It's not massively long. It's not as long as All of the Rings. It's not as long as, I think, The Last Harry Potter. It's not massively, massively long. 
but genuinely that each page is so dense with content, with vocabulary, with things that I really can't get through at an easy pace. So it would take me months to get through this book. I would have to reread paragraphs and paragraphs over and over again to really eke out all of the, uh, the meaning and the power. And to give a very basic understanding, it follows the, uh, it follows Jose Arcadio Buendia as he founds a small town called Macondo in South America and slowly follows the family, the, the Buendia family, as things happen in this town, as they go on journeys, as they come across strange creatures and beings that seem just out of the ordinary. Slowly, the world goes from being fairly, fairly fantastical but not magical to being filled with magic, all in the space of a few generations. And you, the, the deeper you go into the book, the deeper you get engulfed into this world of magic. And I think just like Lord of the Rings, the world building in 100 Years of Solitude, it fills you up. You have nowhere else to go. Once you're in that page, you are in the middle of South America and you are building this town with, with Jose. And that's where I want to be. That's where, if, if, if I need to escape at any point, that's where I'm going. Gabriel Garcia Marquez has got me. Wow. It sounds like, I really like the way in which you described it, that you have to immerse yourself mm. into this world. Mm. Um, so you, you've read this before. Yeah. What, is there a particular moment early in the book yeah. that captured you? Oh, that's a great question. That is a great question. Yes. So it's the point where they've set up the town and this is fairly early on in the book. They've set up the town and they get a group of, um, uh, it's kind of like a fair comes through the town and the fair is a traveling group of people who take their, uh, magical items and their magical people around to be seen and sometimes to barter and sell. And Jose is obsessed with ice because they've never seen ice before in South America at this time. And he's obsessed with this massive block and will do anything to acquire it. And I think it's at this point where you see the tenacity of Jose uh, become flustered and infatuated with just a block of ice. But, it t but the romantic lens that Jose looks at things, you look through, and suddenly you fall in love with these, these people who've come through the town and you feel like you are also trying to barter with the leader of the, the group to... Uh, to capture this block of ice. And it just, from that point on, you are in looking at the world through the eyes of Jose Arcadio uh, Buendia. And so yeah, I'd say that, that would be it for me. So I think there were one or two moments for me that really, that really sold me on Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. um, and Lord of the Rings is a, a, almost a reverse quest to return the ring somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try and be as ambiguous about it as possible. <laughs> and there is a, uh, uh, a character who has severe attachment to this particular ring. <laughs> and in J.R.R. Tolkien's description of this person's attachment to the ring, mm. myself as a reader became attached to the ring. I said, yeah. this ring is so much power that this person cannot resist it. Yeah. And that was the first time where I felt really drawn into the book. Mm. Um, I really enjoy characters that are kind of like cool and mysterious. Yeah. And early on in the book, we meet a character called Strider. Yeah. Um, and without giving any more detail, Strider is this like dark, tall figure yeah. that exists uh, in the environment. And 
their their story and their interaction is one of my biggest draws to the, to the entire story throughout. Yeah. Um, and he's one of my favorite characters, or they are one of my favorite characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Strider, Strider steps onto the scene in a very dramatic way, and from that point, you 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 really feel the gravitas of this character. And what I love about the story, the tale of the Lord of the Rings, is each character plays a pivotal part in the journey. And each character has their own aspects that they bring, their own flaws that they bring. We see the main um, protagonist through all their vulnerability and all their weakness. Mm. And characters like Strider sometimes support that, sometimes pull that apart. And it's magical to see uh, not a perfect hero. No. And not, and not a perfect set of people, but people who have heart. And it's, it's beautiful. I lo- yeah, I, I really love it. I'm definitely going to gonna sit down and watch the trilogy. <laughs> I might not read it because it's very long. I'll only read it if I'm on a desert island, but I might have to restart that trilogy very, very soon. That's for sure. So next up, we have our luxury item. Yes, we uh, do. In the past, we've had people say uh, big bottles of rum. We've had <laughs> pianos, guitars, banjos, a jet ski, um, <laughs> a big pot of mustard i'll give you two guesses as to who that was um jed which luxury item would you take to your desert island so i thought about this for a very long time uh we definitely we definitely deliberated on this for a minute because the possibilities are endless but also endlessly small yeah it's really as far as your imagination can take you and there was a challenge in that and i like that challenge so where i went was actually to look outwards and so my item is a telescope oh. it is to look at the stars we live in uh the greatest city in the world london but one of the one of the setbacks of london is because it's so great and because it's packed full of so many people it also is is the skies are never clear because we are constantly light polluted being on this island is one of the greatest opportunities to see the universe to peer into the cosmos and to see the cosmos peering back at you and i would use the telescope to to see what early astronomers saw, because my mind is not, I'm not ready to see the big things, um, but just potentially to capture the planets within our solar system at a closer glance, to maybe start mapping out the constellations as I see them, whether they're correct or not doesn't matter, but what matters is my mind is being stimulated by a space so much vaster than me, and it would really help frame my importance in this moment, when you can feel infinitely small, I would be able to place myself amongst the stars as one of the stars. And the superstars. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so. It would, it, would, it would really bring me to the centre of it all, which is, I think, what I would need in that moment. And also, it would just be beautiful. You know, you catch, you catch something at the right time, and you'd be like, this is gorgeous. And seeing something beautiful every day, seeing as I won't be able to get, get to see you, bro, uh, would, be, would, be, uh, would be wonderful. So, yeah, I'm going for a telescope. That's really interesting. I'm going to jump in with mine and we'll loop back around to that yeah. telescope because I really, really enjoyed that. So I've gone for something that is, I would say, more practical, which is more in line with, I guess, how our character is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and my luxury item is a set of knives with a knife sharpener. So the reasons for this um, are tenfold. Or there's a number of good reasons. 
one exploring this desert island i could use a cleaver to cleave my way through the forest mm. um to chop up meat let's say i'm a very successful hunter to chop up meat you've got knives as well you've got knives as well to get that hunter i've got this full collection that i will definitely be crafting clothes to, <laughs> to store these knives safely um swinging through this forest um harvesting crops um defending myself whether i want to kind of go into the the waters and take my chance for catching fish mm-hmm. uh for making a bed one of the mm-hmm. first things i'm going to do there is chop mm-hmm. up something put uh these reeds across and just yep. relax hopefully a little bit and appreciate the environment that mm-hmm. i'm in mm-hmm. um and obviously a knife sharpener is to keep these knives sharp yeah and the telescope is a way to keep your mind sharp that's exactly it like that Potentially, I might uh, use it. First of all, the knives are just genius. I think when uh, when you said it, I was like, yeah, of course. That's the most practical thing. I don't. I can't think of a single thing more practical in that space because you can make anything you need to make in that moment. You can use it to cook and get rid of all the bad stuff you don't want in your food, and to actually capture your food. It's it's genius. And like you say, reflect to reflect to use as a mirror to shave. You, bro, people will pick you up and they're like. Where'd you get a trim from? Bro, I did it myself. <laughs> Don't worry about me. See these blades? I got it on lock. Uh, and so I think that would be incredible. There's one quality that both of our items possess, mm. and that is they can both be used to start a fire. Yeah, that's we what I was going to say. point them at the sun yeah. and start our flame. So we're going to be doing smoke signals to each other from our different <laughs> islands, and I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to be sending some uh, emojis to you, <laughs> and I expect them back. Oh, they're coming, bro, they're coming. What I'll do is I'll actually point out in the sky where you can see a smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so you'll be able to see that as well. Um, no, I, I love it. And, and the fact that we can both make a fire is fantastic because one of the things you really need in those first areas, also to get water, yeah. you're going to need to, uh, uh, I don't know the process, but even you know the process. What's it called? Boil water. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to get the salt out of the filter. Yeah, yeah that's the one filter. I really needed um, a chemist for the one filter. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's so fantastic. So onto the final, the final topic. Uh, the final thing we can take, and that is the complete works of a single author. Bro, take us, take it away. So this author, I am ashamed to say that I have not studied and read and appreciated their works mm. fully. Um, but from what I have read, I have been inspired and I am almost urgent now to read more after, after doing more reading on this person. And this is uh, Maya Angelou. Oh, fantastic. An American poet, memoirist actress, activist, whose several volumes of autobiography, um, exploring the themes of kind of economic, racial and sexual oppression uh, is something that I, and I think we all should be reading experiencing before we get onto this desert island so we mm-hmm. can be appreciative of the world as we are. As we are. Um, Maya Angelou has inspired countless Americans uh, to do better, to be better, to aspire to be the best version of themselves, but also to appreciate who they are, what they have, and uh, to empower themselves to be the best. To be so open uh, with words and be so open with your life is something that is incredibly difficult and brave to do. Mm-hmm. And I really need to get down, get my head down and study on this. So I'm ready to go to this desert island right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I'll, I'll circle back around to that when, uh, when, we, when we discuss. Um, for me, it's funny, we're going to change the, change, change tone real quick here. Uh, you took it to a serious place. I'm taking it to a, once again, it's funny how the practicality comes in and, and, and my mindset comes in where 
I'm thinking I need entertainment and I need something that brings my imagination to life. And so I've gone for the complete works of Mark Millar. Now, for anybody who is not a comic book fan, Mark Millar is one of the greatest comic book authors of the last 20 years. I will just list off some of the work that Mark Millar has done and hopefully that will educate you. Mark Millar's, I think, best piece of work is Civil War. Civil War is a storyline where Spider-Man has to reveal their identity, which is an incredible thing itself, but it brings the Avengers and superheroes of planet Earth to their knees because they have to fight each other and it discusses the idea of freedom, but also the concept of policing. Who polices, who's the, who polices the superheroes? And that is a fascinating concept, which is, which is battled in such a strong way. And we then saw the adapt adaptation in Captain America Civil War. And there were a lot of uh, funny moments in the comic book community, especially on Reddit and things like that, where the movie came out and it was a picture of like six superheroes facing each other. And they were like, what is that? Because the front cover of Civil War on the comic books is about 100 superheroes <laughs> facing 100 superheroes. So the, the scope for battle is vast. Another piece of work by Mark Millar, which has now got a cult following, is Kick-Ass, or as the Americans say, Kick-Ass, uh, which was a great movie. Kick-Ass 2 wasn't as good, but Kick-Ass itself was a fantastic movie and is a great enterprise in itself. Have you seen Kick-Ass? I've seen Kick-Ass. Good movie, right? It's a great concept. But then the third one, and the one that's most intriguing for me that Mark Millar has done in the past decade, and I don't like this character, but this story is fantastic. Mm. It's Superman Red Sun. And the storyline is just the basic, the intro, is instead of Superman landing in the US and fighting for freedom and whatever else the American singers stand for. Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Our American listeners are really holding us up. Right? <laughs> no, we, got, we got smart American listeners. They're, they'll understand what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, instead of landing in America and fighting for all that stuff, uh, the Superman lands in uh, Ukraine. Ooh. in a farm in Ukraine during the, the, uh, the Soviet reign and becomes a officer for the Soviet Union. And it's a completely different take on what I find an incredibly boring character. Yeah. It spins it completely. And it says, when we're pointing the finger, are we pointing the finger at the enemy or just at somebody who thinks differently to us? And I think that's a conversation we should have every single time we're at a point of conflict. And for a comic book, which is usually seen as a light thing for kids, for a comic book to do that, it really captures me in a way I, I don't think many, many, many stories do. So uh, Mark Millar is, is, is who I'm bringing, the, the, the complete works of Mark Millar is who I'm bringing. That sounds fantastic. And a nice different form of uh, entertainment and media mm -hmm. um, comic books are amazing. And I think incredibly underrated in the depth of their story and mm -hmm. their themes as well. Yeah. Um, my mind instantly went to a really silly place when we started talking about Civil War. Yeah. This is when Bucky and Captain America are teeing off an Iron Man. And that was all <laughs> yeah. I could think about. When I, was thinking, I was like, oh, I need to bring something really interesting. <laughs> but that's all I can remember right now. So what, so other than um, that moment where they're, they're, those two are teeing off against each other, uh, is there another moment that stands out for you in Civil War? Um, I really like the scene where they are fighting, again, fighting. Um, <laughs> a lot of conflict. <laughs> at an airport. Yeah. Um, and we see all of the quirks of the character. For example, we see Spider-Man mm -hmm. um, being this kid. Yeah. Um, the, I think the 
crowd and the audience really fall in love with him, particularly in this scene, mm. because he is so excited to be around all of these really <laughs> cool, entertaining heroes and heroines yeah. um, that he's looked up to, yeah. but he has to fight them. Yeah. And he looks up to Iron Man more than any of them, which then supersedes his love for the rest of them, yeah. um, which then connects to a later movie yes. and uh, tugs at the heartstrings because of the love that has been created by this scene. Yeah. What about yourself? Uh, in that movie alone, my favourite moment is... Uh, very close to where you're saying, where Spider-Man jumps into the scene and, and initially meets Captain America. And Captain America's like, he hears the accent, he's like, New York? And he's like, and then uh, Spider-Man says, Brooklyn. And uh, Captain America replies with Queens. And they have a moment where they're both from New York and that's a great, that's a fantastic thing. In the storyline, uh, in the comics, it is where Spider-Man is forced to reveal his identity. And that is one of the covers of the book, so I'm not re revealing too much. Spider-Man is forced to reveal his identity because of the Sokovia Accords, which mean every single superhero must become a public agent. That in itself is a discussion to have. Should superheroes be a public agent? And maybe we might have found another topic for another day. That's all I'm going to say about that one. <laughs> Ooh, it's been a great episode today. It's been a roller coaster. We've covered some distance. And on top of covering some distance, the reason why we had a hiatus uh, the last week, guys, was the week before we ran a 20K in the name of charity. And if you haven't, please check the link in our bio. We have a video dropping very soon where we uh, show off the whole journey, the prep, the, the running and the post. It will be totally worth it. And if you haven't, please donate, guys. The link is in our bio. It would mean so much to us. Uh, just a bit about the charity. The charity is called uh, Just For Kids Law. Um, it's a charity which focuses on providing legal support for people ages 10 to 25, um, including youth advocacy and uh, focusing and supporting the decriminalisation of children. Finally, they also provide support such as housing and support for immigration, which is particularly important at this time with the ongoing crises around the world. Mm -hmm. And with that, guys, we have come to the end of, I think, maybe my favourite podcast so far. I think we're getting into our stride and we're really getting better at this and I'm really enjoying it. Let's, let us know, what would you guys take on your desert island? You've got three discs, you've got a single book, a single luxury item and the complete works of a single author. Who are you choosing? It's been a fantastic episode. Wherever you are, we love you. We hope you're doing well. We are over and out. out.